You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm Nick Fairby, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, we have a pretty good episode today. I had the whole thing laid out yesterday of what we were going to talk about, and then the entire offensive line decides to not stay returning, so we are obviously going to be discussing that Pitt's offensive line, the significance of them returning. We will talk about Pitt men's basketball, their win over Jacksonville, and what to look forward to. And we will also talk a little bit about Pat Narduzzi's press conference and what he talked about. So, folks, we will talk about all that here coming up on Locked On Pit. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Make sure... Leave a five-star review. Do all that good stuff. Feedback's always good, folks. I appreciate that very, very much. And today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Folks, let's talk about it. I mean, wow. So a day after Pitt lands Keaton Slovis, Pitt gets the big news that their entire offensive line is going to be back. Not just one, you know, not just Drexel, not just Hoy, not just Miner, not just Warren. Every single one of them are going to be back. Jay Cradle is obviously going to be back regardless. So Pitt now has an unbelievable outlook offensively. I mean, this is huge for Pitt, though. This is huge. This was kind of the biggest question on the offense, right? I mean, outside of, you know, losing Kane Pickett and who's going to be quarterback, and then you fill that with Keaton Slovis, and now you look and, and you say, okay, you have Addison, you have a Bolitnikoff award winner, you have Jared Wayne, who stepped up in a big way, you have young, intriguing talent like Jaden Bradley and Jalen Barnett receiver, you have a stud tight end in Gavin Bartholomew, you have Izzy Abani Kanda, Rodney Hammond, and Vincent Davis as a 1-2-3 punch in the backfield. What was the offensive line going to look like? That was the biggest question for this team. No doubt about it. It was, can Pitt get the offensive line back? Who's going to come back? What's it going to look like? Now we really don't have to worry about it much. Because Pitt's going to have everyone back. Warren is foregoing a senior bull bid and is coming back. Marcus Miner is coming back, Owen Drexel is coming back, Jake Cradle obviously is coming back, and Gabe Hoy is also coming back. Pitt will have all five starting linemen back, and it's huge. I mean, it's just huge. Because when you looked under Dave Borbley at the offensive line and the performances they put up, it's been a rocky road, man. It's been a rocky road. You know... Kenny got killed in t- as 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 recently as 2020, where that offensive line had struggles, and that was with guys like Jimmy Morrissey and Bryce Hargrove. And so while it is 
Pitt has proven to sometimes produce talent out of that room. It's not been anywhere near enough. And, and that's the thing. And, and they finally put it all together this year. Carter Warren took a step to becoming a legit NFL prospect. I mean, he's been so underrated all year long. Carter Warren is a really solid left tackle. Obviously, the athletic stuff is there. He's a very athletic player. He's got great length. He's got nasty physical side. I think that's the thing that's crazy to me, is that you saw a physicality out of this unit you haven't seen under Borbley before. And so usually that that change of mindset, that change where you need to flip that switch to get the aggressiveness instilled in your players, usually that's something that has to come with a coaching change. Instead, Borbley completely flipped that switch on in them. Warren was absolutely mauling dudes out there this year. I saw Gabe Hoy use a snatch trap multiple times to put guys in the dirt when they were trying to long arm him. I saw Marcus Miner just get absolute slabs this year in pass pro. Jake Cradle really mauls some dudes. That's the crazy thing about this whole thing. Jake Cradle might be the best lineman on this team. Legitimately. That dude, as an underclassman, has put everything together. Great hands, great feet, great pad level. He's nasty. He can work at multiple different positions, so he's also versatile. He's highly competitive. He's got great football IQ. The guy does just about everything right. And, and it's it's a joy to watch. And, and Hoy, who has taken steps as a really, really solid player to, to deal with power, which has been his issue before. He's not a great athlete. Not the athlete Carter Warren is, for example, but Hoy has really worked well to deal with power and has become a guy that can work at tackle, work at, at guard. And, and you, you look at Marcus Minor, what an addition this guy was. I think he's the most underrated addition to the 2021 team that no one talks about enough. I mean, they get him as a grad transfer out of Maryland. And this guy comes, and he's an absolute stud. I mean, nothing, nothing was getting past Marcus Minor this year. And he was clearing lanes in the run game. I can't tell you how many times I looked over to the left side of the unit, of this offensive line, and saw Abani Kanda, Hammond, and Davis just taking a train right behind Marcus Minor and Ricardo Warren and going. Now, the issues at the end of the year when, when Cradle went out, there was some, I think, lack of cohesion there and, and I think some issues, but not only does Pitt have all these five guys back that have played really well, and we'll see what happens at center. You know, Drexel was solid as a true lineman, but as a snapper, obviously that's an issue. So he's got to fix that. But Zubovich played well. And you also probably have Terrence, Terrence Moore there. So so you have guys that, that can compete for that job. Cradle can even get in there. You know, Hoy could slide inside. Gasalvas can play at left at right tackle. So they have, like, options. They have options. That's the thing here. They have so many different options to work with on the line because they have Gonzalez, Branson Taylor, Terrence Moore. They have Ryan Jacoby. They have Blake Zubovich. Like, that's all depth, guys. Ryan Bear coming in now. Look at, like, the, the depth of this offensive line is pretty fantastic. And you look at that, and, and you, you really revel in that. And you, you really are happy with that, I think, if you're Pitt. Because, boy, it's extremely deep. And it's, it's probably one of the best all-around offensive line units 
Pitt's had uh, since Paul Christ was here, to be quite honest with you. Um, that's that's honestly where it's at. You know, 2016, 2015, maybe the early Narduzzi era, where he was still kind of working with the Christ recruits from the offensive line. I mean, th- this offensive line here really played at a high level to protect Kenny Pickett, and, and they should do the same for Keaton Slovis. And for Slovis, it's huge because at, at USC, man, He's had to run for his life a lot of the time. He's never really had that comfortable pocket. And when he's been able to stand there in the pocket and, and just be comfortable and not have to deal with a ton of pressure coming at him every play, and it's not to say he's bad under pressure or he doesn't have good pocket presence. I think he's actually pretty solid at both things, but he's not having to take these hits. He's not having to rack up contact and, and wear and tear on his body because his offensive line can't protect him. And that's the big thing here. And I think working... Within the confines there, you get Slovis with all these five linemen back that you trust. And then you have a bevy of depth guys. And and as we talked about last night, when we were talking about Keaton Slovis, the national prominence of this program is going to hinge on 2022. 2021's a great one-off year. It's going to be a year Pitt fans are going to remember forever. But 2022 can also be a very similar year. It has the talent to do that. Clearly, you have the talent to get to that level. The offensive line coming back is another boon to that. The offense looks great. It re- remains to be seen who the offensive coordinator will be, but you look at it overall and you say, man, this pit offense could be pretty special again. And the offensive line coming back is huge and is another feather in the cap of Pat Nordy to say, we can do that again, and it's really, really a really good outlook. This was a huge thing for Pitt. They needed to get at least a few of these guys back. I think Marcus Meyer was... The most realistic, I did not expect Carter Warren to come back, but getting Warren back is huge. The fact that all five stars are going to be back on the offensive line, big news for Pitt, big boon to the offense. Should not see too much drop-off in the offense next year. But folks, what did Pat Narduzzi say today in his press conference? Because I think there were a few noteworthy things he did end up saying, but first, I want to let you know about NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade on NetSuite.com slash locked. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Folks, as always, you have to check out the 2021 college football playoff preview. Local experts betting advice and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. I'll have a Peach Bowl preview over there, so make sure to check that out. Me and Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans talk everything about the Peach Bowl. Now, folks... I want to get back to talking a little bit about 
kind of where we're going to the Peach Bowl and, and Pat Narduzzi and what he's laying out. Because there are some very interesting things that I, I find that come out of these press conferences. For one, the secrecy on the interim offensive coordinator is hilarious to me. Uh, it, really, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know if he wants to make Michigan State prep for the go-go offense or what. I don't know if it's going to be Brendan Marion. I don't know if it's going to be Tim Salem. It's going to be one of those two. I'm almost certain of it. But, man, I mean, what in the world? Just name the OC, man. They're, you're really not tipping anything there. Um, but here's the thing that's interesting to me that came out of that press conference. First of all, Kenny Pickett is going to be up in the booth with a headset on, um, actually helping out Nick Patty. And I find that really interesting because in the way of which you talked about Nick Patty, specifically what Narduzzi said about Nick Patty, I find that Patty is a guy that you, you by hearing dudes talk about Nick Patty, I think you kind of get their view of him. He's a guy that works his butt off. He's a guy that is cerebral. He's a guy that they can trust to go in there. I think, though, the biggest thing you also see is I think you see this kind of glossy positivity that isn't truly getting down to the depths of what they think about him. And, and, and I think they think he is a guy that, that can get in there in a spot, that can make good plays, they can get pit in a position to win. He can make some solid throws. You know, he, he certainly, had, as Deuce mentioned, he threw the ball over 40 times against Delaware when he played them in 2019. He's made a lot of strides, and I thought that was another key thing that he said, you know, that he's a guy that's been learning. He's a guy that's been behind Kenny Pickett this entire time, has been soaking everything in, has been waiting for his opportunity. But you never noticed him talk about Oh, he can elevate us doing this. He can elevate us doing that. I feel like very much the idea is this is what Patty is. He's a game manager quarterback that we can trust to make the right decisions. He can make solid throws. He knows the offense well enough. And he's mobile. He's not too different from Kenny Pickett. They're not going to run. I find it interesting, by the way, that they said he said that you know we're not going to do anything crazy different. We're not going to run the option, which tells me even if Marion is the offense coordinator, obviously they're not going to do go-go stuff. You know, it's not going to be full go-go offense. So it's going to be Mark Whipple's offense that they're going to be calling. The question is, this is just going to be, what are you going to do? And he talked about ramping up the running game. So it might be more of a balanced approach where we see more Izzy, Hammond, Davis actually getting the ball. And maybe they don't throw it 40 times, which... I don't know. I think it's possible they throw it a lot in this game because I think Michigan State's going to dare them to throw it. And we'll talk about that next week, certainly, when we talk about kind of the Peach Bowl and, and what I think is going to happen there. But I, I think that's going to be a big part of this entire game plan is what can Pitt do to kind of stonewall Michigan State defensively and put them on their heels. And I think Patty's going to have to sling this thing out a little bit in order for that to happen. But I do find something... You know, they said, I think we just know the thoughts on Nick Patty. You know, combined with the slowish transfer, I think they just think he's a solid backup. You know, he could start, but he's also a guy that I think has a very cap ceiling. I don't think he has a ton of upside. 
He's got arm talent. He's got mobility. He's tough. He's pretty smart. But he's also a guy that struggles under pressure. I think he's got a fine arm, but not a great arm. I think he can sometimes be inconsistent with his accuracy. So he's not a guy that's this polished thing. He gives you a defined floor because he can game manage the game. He doesn't give you a defined feeling because it doesn't feel like he does things that are special and can elevate the team outside of structure. He doesn't make I I don't want to I think I don't think he makes guys around him overtly better. Like that that's what I would say. I think he keeps them at the same level. He keeps your you afloat, right? Like that's kind of what Nick Patty does. He keeps you afloat. He keeps you in the game. He does enough. He's not going to be the reason you win a game necessarily. He's not I think I don't think he's going to necessarily be the reason you lose a game either. You know, Kenny Pickett, you won games because of that guy. I don't think Patty's that guy. And and so when you kind of go into a peach bowl like this when you're facing a team like Michigan State, well, all you have to do is just dial up the things that he's comfortable with, let him go through it, use the talent you have at receiver, get it to Addison, get it to Wayne, get it to your talented tight ends, and take advantage of that terrible pass defense. Michigan State has not stopped anybody this year in the pass game. I mean, nobody. It has not been a single team that they've been able to slow down in the air. Nick Patty shouldn't be able to be slowed down either. Because again, I, I'm not. I like not super high on Nick Patty. I'm. I don't think he's some special quarterback either. But this is a big audition for him. It's a big opportunity for him. And you want to put him in the best position to succeed to get this win. And it's a winnable game. Like Michigan State is not a good pass defense. If Nick Patty can take care of the football, if he can make the right decisions and make solid throws, which he should be able to do against this defense with these receivers, with this supporting cast, Pitt can win the game, Pitt can move the ball, and Patty, who's auditioning for, you know, not just a potential starting down in 2023 if he decides that here at Pitt or whatever, he can audition for other schools here. This is an opportunity for Nick Patty to put his name on the map. You know, again, I don't think he's a guy that's going to elevate your team a ton, but he's a guy that can game manage you to to, to be a, a fine team, and he's a floor raiser. And I think that's what Pitt needs in this game. He's a he's a guy that I think you'll be able to move under a little bit. You'll be able, you know you'll have your drives that are completely defunct and bad, and he won't be able to pull you out of the mud when it gets a little ugly. But he will be a guy that keeps you afloat and it keeps your head afloat and, and, and all you need sometimes he's the guy that will guide the ship to shore and, and that's sometimes all you need and that's the guy Nick Patty is and this is a big opportunity for him and that's kind of what I feel with Pat Narducey they wanted something a little bit more which I understand which is why they went out and got Keaton Slovis but I think Nick Patty this is going to be a big opportunity for him and, and uh, you know in that pro style offense and the same type of offense Whoever the offense coordinator is, I think that that's something to glean for this press conference is they know what he do, does well, and they know what he's going to do, and, and I think that's how they're going to call his game. They're going to make him comfortable and try to get it to their playmakers because that's their strength. Now, folks, I do want to wrap up football talk, move over to basketball a little bit because I do have things to say about their win over Jacksonville on 
Tuesday. However, first, folks, I want to let you know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through its college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So, folks, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk Pit men's basketball. They did defeat Jacksonville 64-55 in what was honestly a game that ended up being way too pretty for its own good. And I mean that in earnest because Pit it was ugly in the first half. We know Pit had a big lead. Early on, they came out shooting much better than I thought they would. They actually shot the ball fine. Like, it wasn't a good shooting performance, but it was a fine shooting performance. And seeing as for the mo- most of the entire year, it's been an awful shooting performances. I'll say this. That's an upgrade. So, I'll take that shooting performance. If Emi Cali, I don't know if he'll ever shoot better than he did on that day. Everything seemed to be going in for him. He was just feeling it from all areas of the court, making deep threes, making mid-range jumpers with two guys over him. Everything was going in for Femi. But I thought the, the key thing was how they responded after that under-16 media timeout in the second half. You know, Jacksonville had taken a 32-28 lead. Kevion Nolan was killing them from deep. It felt like Jacksonville was starting to pull away. And Jacksonville, as you kind of saw, was was a team that, that also th- plays pretty ugly. And they try to try they try to, you know, do a lot of the same things that, that a team like Monmouth did. Or, you know, like they're in that range of, of team, Monmouth. Um uh, Monmouth. So this was a good test for Pitt to see, hey, can Pitt hang with this group? Are they truly improved? Because if they are, well, they should win this game. And they should put it out pretty comfortably. And they did. They did just that. Because after that under 16 meter timeout, I think they had the best eight-minute sequence of offense they've had all year. This was not just that shots were going in. It wasn't a sh- like the shooting performance was crazy. Was the shooting performance bad? No. But it was more about a few things. One, it was more about fantastic ball movement. There was great a great job of, of the point guards taking care of the basketball, getting ball movement, getting cutting action going, you know, getting quality drives and drawing attention and flipping it down underneath. I think the Onye dish downloaded Guy when Guy slammed it home was fantastic. And Guy played a phenomenal game. Mo Guy was great in this game. Both defensively under the net and offensively, playing with the physicality, I don't think, of a brand of physicality. I don't think I've seen him play with uh, this year. With his frame, you know, he's pretty thin, and, and he, he's a guy that maybe a shot away from that contact before, but, boy, he brought it. He attacked the rim like it was his. 
in this game. It was very impressive to watch Mogi. He was a big catalyst in that. They had a solid transition offense in this one, I thought. So they, they didn't, you know, they didn't just stand there and, and pass the ball around. That was the, another thing. You know, there were actual there was actual movement. It felt like there was purpose with each movement. There was purpose with each pass. Uh, I thought Onyeze Akuda continues to be maybe the best on-ball guy on the team. He's certainly a phenomenal defender, and he destroyed a few screens in the pick-and-roll game that um, Jackson was trying to, to run. Everything, everything that Pitt did in this game in that eight-minute stretch was perfect. The defensive rotations, the, the, the screen defense, under the basket they were great. They were getting rebounds to create second chances. The passing was great. The dribble drives were phenomenal. They had a few really nice kickouts throughout that. They were smart, disciplined basketball. And the turnovers, they played such a clean game of basketball. It was huge. Femi Cali knew what he was doing. He was off-ball more in this game. I thought that was something big. You know, when Burton and, and Onyeze Akuto are kind of running the point, I think they're a better team. And I like that three-guard lineup as well, um, where they have ball three of them on the court at the same time. I think it's very effective for them. Um, and then they did this all without Hughley really having a great game. And that's that's the bigger thing. And so this, this entire team made itself... A, a real presence in this game, and it's a, it's a positive sign. Now, it was not pretty outside of that. They had some pretty plays and some pretty moments, but it wasn't pretty the whole game, and it is what it is, and I think Jeff Capel described it perfectly. You know, we're going to have to win ugly, but I think he described it perfectly when he said you they're going to have to drag people into the mud with them, and I think that's exactly what's going to have to happen, and over the past six games, Pitt's done that, only allowing 58 points per game over the last six games since that debacle against UMBC. They put together a really nice stretch defensively here, a great rebounding stretch, and again, they're not a good offensive team. They probably never will be, and maybe they'll get Ithiel Horton back, as we talked about earlier this week, to help them out a little bit in that area. But Pitt is probably not going to be an offensive team. But if they can do stuff like they did against Jacksonville, where they at least have this quality ball movement and can get easy easy baskets under the hoop and break down zones like this, I mean, that's encouraging for Pitt because that's something they haven't been able to do all year. So, just seeing stuff like that for Pitt, it, you're you're kind of starting to see things happening. You're starting to see Guy get more and more comfortable. You're starting to see Onyeze Kudo kind of fill out his role and get everything perfect. You're starting to see essentially everything work throughout this this team. It's it's cohesive. It's not good. It's ugly. The, the talent isn't great, but but it's becoming cohesive, and they have an identity, and they have a brand that they're building, and they have a formula to win. And I think that's just something that this team needs, and, and I think they can win a few ACC games. Like, the, the game against Notre Dame is a winnable game. We'll see if they can win that one. I think they're going to be in a close fight for that one, and I think they're going to be in a close fight for a lot of these ACC games. They'll probably have their bad games here or there against teams that are just more superiorly talented than them, but... I think overall, man, it's looking strong for Pitt right now in terms of just improvement. But we'll talk about the future and kind of where you go from here. The improvement of the team is definitely there, but Pitt certainly has things to figure out in terms of the future of the program itself. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. Tomorrow, we will see what comes by. I'll try to get that offensive coordinator talking. Couldn't get it in today. We'll see kind of what happens, where the ebbs and flows lead us. Pitt has some big happen tomorrow we'll see but regardless 
We will be back tomorrow. And folks, thanks for listening as always. And hail to Pitt.